0: Guys, this is Kevin Barral along with Jake Gibson for episode one of the Pause Up podcast uh, podcast where we're going to be talking all FIU athletics and a little bit of news from the campus here and there. Jake, I'm very excited to take on this podcast with you. How are you doing? And if you want to talk to the people, kind of what what you'll be seeing on this podcast from a week to week basis.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me on, Kevin. And the the Pause Up podcast has been sort of a dream for you and I and uh, Lemon City Live to have to have a sort of podcast dedicated to FIU athletics where we'll talk about the latest and greatest from all all of uh, all ranges of FIU athletics from football which is just about coming to a close as we speak today's what November 22nd so um, at the time we're recording football and then we're going to move on to basketball and soccer you know soccer's in the midst of the NCAA tournament and then as the months go by, we'll get into baseball season. That's going to be a lot of fun, and it's not even just FIU athletics; just a sort of deep dive at FIU in general, as well as some other um, looks from the rest of the uh, collegiate uh, uh, country here in the United States. There's always a lot. There's always a lot of news to talk about, and uh, hopefully, this will be the place where you all can join and listen to us talk about it.
0: As always, subscribe to the pod wherever you're listening or wherever you're watching as well. So. I think we have to start with football. Um, mm-hmm. You know, season's coming to a close. Unfortunately, FIU did fall to UTS, to U, to UTEP on uh, their final game on Saturday, 40 to 6. Well, you know, as we're going through it, we could just put up the graph. There it was, 40 to 6. 40-6, Panthers lost. Uh, unfortunately, that is how it had to end for FIU. No more bull hopes. But they do go into one last game, and it'll be against Middle Tennessee. And mm-hmm. you guys, need, that may be a name that you guys think of when you think of the Miami hurricane season, that was one of the first teams they lost to. They paid a load a boatload of money to go play middle Tennessee and they unfortunately lost. But Jake, what were your thoughts on the UTEP game for FAU just a game where you would have maybe assumed the offense would have taken a bigger step and tried to maybe improve from their huge mistakes from the FAU game, but just they couldn't get it going. They could not get it going whatsoever. Grayson James, another very disappointing game, a struggling game. Didn't get it to his wide receivers at all. Not No receiver got five targets. No, actually, not even five receptions. No running back got over the 50-yard marker. Uh, Utah basically shut this team down any way possible. Yeah. The only touchdown came from a fumble pick six from Alex Noble, who got his first collegiate touchdown, and um, they missed a field goal. So, Jake, your thoughts on the FIU football game?
1: Yeah, like you said, I really thought the offense would find ways to improve. Of course, they um, struggled against FAU, but you could make the case that a big reason for FIU's offense um, not doing well against the Owls is how much time, um, is how little time the defense had because FAU's offense was just rolling all over them, rolling all over them the entire game. Unfortunately, it really felt like FIU's offense regressed against yep. UTEP, who I didn't really feel to be that much more difficult an opponent than FAU or even some of the other teams that um, FIU has faced this season. But FIU's offense just looked boring. the, The play calling on first and 10 was relegated mostly to draw plays, maybe the occasional RPO, but nothing that really, that was really inspired. And the failures of FIU's offense on first and long, second and long, only set up the third and longs that, the Panthers could not convert, which led to, like, I don't even know how many punts the Panthers had that game, but it just allowed UTEP to have great field positioning almost every drive they had, and and for most of the time, they just punched it down the field with little to no ease. The, I, I hate to say it. The offense looked bad. The defense looked just as bad, but I think the defense looked bad mainly because of the offense's inability to pin UTEP in – around the 10 20 yard line of their side of the field it was usually around 30 40 to midfield just because of how bad the FIU offense looked and it's concerning because again like you said now we're going now we're going to host a middle Tennessee team that flat out embarrassed the University of Miami earlier this season though maybe that's not as crazy as it sounds considering the type of year that the University of Miami has had as well but it's not looking good, and I know FIU is is on a losing streak against Middle Tennessee for the past couple of seasons. Um, so it it's it's not looking great. The overall mood of FIU football, I would say, right now is pretty bleak. But you do have to take a step back for a second and realize that FIU has won four games this season, which is which is not a lot by um, a competitive team standards of trying to make six games to get into a bowl. But keep in mind that. Prior to this season, uh, FIU had only won one game in 17 outings. Of course, obviously in the 0 and 5 COVID year, which was not good, and then 1 11 the year after, their only win coming against um, Long Island in the beginning of the season. FIU has done better. All right, it, it's it's they're slowly moving up in the college football world, and you do have to give Coach Mike McIntyre a bit of credit he had to take on a super difficult position of trying to somehow make a team with this many recruit with this many freshmen and with most of their um, older class transferring uh, to other teams or declaring for the draft or, or, or just leaving FIU. He didn't have a lot to work with and he's, he's rallied the team to win four games, which I think is a great amount for his first year. And, you know, you can't build Rome in a day. You can't build the Alabama football team in a day or in a season. It's going to take some time. And I think four games is pretty good for this
0: season. It's very, very good. And just to be talking about bowl eligibility for at least the past couple of weeks is what we've been talking about, Jake, here. Mm-hmm. It's it's great to see. And, you know, my first year covering this has been phenomenal as well. You get to see these wins. You get to see, talk to the players. They have some very, very talented players. But I want to go quickly back to Utah to kind of just – show you how hard this offense was. Uh, Grayson James, six completions out of 16 attempts, 56 yards, one interception. Mm-hmm. His longest pass was a 22-yard pass to, I believe, it was Rivaldo, Will- yeah, Rivaldo Fairweather. It's tight end, and he mm-hmm. got sacked twice. And really, you can't even blame it for the sacks. This O-line, Jake, has just been absolutely destroyed by injuries. Um, you're, they're playing guys who are extremely, extremely young, just uh, no little to no experience. You could say, and then all running backs, you know, Lexington Joseph, Flex Joseph, one of the main back, only had 13 yards out of eight attempts. The EJ Wilson Jr., five attempts, 18 yards, no touchdowns from this offense. But I want to talk a little bit about what's to come for FYU, you know. Mm -hmm. You look at these players, a very young team, as you mentioned, they have some very nice players coming up on the rise, you know. You look at the wide receivers, Jalen Bracey. You have Tyrese Chambers coming back for another year. You have Rivaldo Fairweather, who's another very phenomenal player. Chris Mitchell, that wide receiver tandem with their tight end. You want we want to mention men. we mentioned once again Lexington Joseph, who have who has taken on that lead back role mm-hmm. and just apt and embraced it. He's been one of their best players on offense. So would you think this team, I guess, would look a little bit different with a healthy offensive line, would you say?
1: Not just a healthy offensive line, but an experienced offensive line. And, and, and like you said, the linemen are super young and unfortunately having to suffer through these beatdowns is the only way they're going to get the experience. So as the years go by, I, I hope these linemen will only get better and better. And like you said, I think flex Joseph has been the, um, the, uh, the soul lights that's shining in this offense game yep. in and game out, even against FAU, he put in a lot of work and, um, He had an overall great game, and I wouldn't be surprised if he got some mentions in the uh, Conference USA first team for offense and maybe being in the running back position. Um, But any good offense needs to find a quarterback that works with the team around him. And Grayson James has just been the man when it comes to mixed results. He's had some really great games against schools like Charlotte and New Mexico State, but you know the past couple of weeks against FAU and UTEP, he struggled and he was eventually benched later in the game for um some some of the other quarter some of the other quarterbacks in FIU's uh lineup. Um I I don't I really don't know if Grayson James will be the quarterback of the future I, and it's not it's not completely his fault either. I still question the play calling from the offense and a lot of that boils down to Mike McIntyre and the offensive coordinator for this team. But it's You know, it's, it's such an obvious thing to say a good offense needs a reliable quarterback and look no further than again, we keep bringing him up because it's shocking the way their season is gone, but the university of Miami, they thought they had their quarterback with Tyler Van Dyke hasn't really worked out for them. And now they're trying to find the next big thing. And that's, I think, I think that's the same boat FI will have to find themselves in too. They have to find the next big quarterback and we max bortenschlager to his credit he won he won games he won he even won he wanted one of one a bowl game. so um we just need to find the right guy to lead this team on offense i don't know if it's going to be grayson james i would like it to be grayson james he's been here a few years he's definitely been part of the system for a while now he's he was there with Butch, butch davis and now he's there with uh mike mcintyre and hopefully they can build something and he can continue to get better and hopefully play with a with a more experienced offensive line that will protect him and keep some of the weapons that he has moving forward. But the quarterback um, definitely is the biggest part of this team that should be addressed on offense, and we'll see where that goes.
0: Yeah, and then very quickly, I think it's time we can shift on over to uh, Middle Tennessee. I think that's the, the the final game of the season, Jake. We're, we're all very excited about it. Um, but I thought you had not been good against Middle Tennessee in their history. Uh they're five and twelve. Their last game, I believe you may have been there. It was November thirteenth, twenty twenty one. They lost fifty to ten. And um I was at Coach McIntyre's press conference today, his weekly Tuesday press conference. And we have a couple clips. Um first just he's gonna talk about court, their their quarterback situation, uh Middle Tennessee's QB, which is Chase Cunningham. So here is the
2: Chase is a, wouldn't you call him a playmaker? That's, I mean, he does a lot of things, and, but he makes plays. And, uh, and he kind of makes them go. And, um, you know, he looks like he had a little bit of a, a knee issue in one game, kind of like I think sprained it, missed. And then, uh, you know, uh, Nick came in and played, played well for him. So they're both guys that can move around and move in the pocket and, and extend the play. Um, so, uh, but he, he's definitely a playmaker that's done a lot of good things. I, I forgot one coach in the league, I saw something that said that he started his career when they played him, I forgot who that was, it's, it, it was funny, but um, he's a really good playmaker.
0: Well, so that is um, Coach McIntyre on Chase Cunningham, Middle Tennessee's starting quarterback, anything you may have taken from that, Drake?
1: Um, he, he, he called him a playmaker at quarterback. you know who else was a playmaker? Nicosi Perry with FAU yep. and the way he torched fiu's defense all game long he's he's definitely a scary player you saw the work he's done against against that same fau team last week you know um he, he he's a he's a scary player that happens to play on a really great team that has had a lot of ups of course we saw that miami game earlier this year but they've also had some downs as well against uh teams such as utsa and uab who are some of the top dogs in conference usa um So it's going to be an interesting matchup to see what he can do against FIU's defense. Um, I I would love to know the adjustments that they're going to make from these last couple of games, like what they're going to try to do to somehow contain this guy considering the uh, lack of success they've had in the past couple of weeks.
0: Yeah. So I also asked two questions to coach McIntyre. The first one had to do involving players that stand out on middle Tennessee. But before that, just to read out Chase Cunningham's stats, 2,641 yards, 19 touchdowns, nine interceptions, deceptions, 54.6 KBR, this guy is an absolute stud. So um, we're gonna move on to the second clip of McIntyre's West Conference. Coach, are there any players besides um, Cunningham that stand out to you for uh, Middle Tennessee?
2: Oh yeah, um, there are a ton of players. Um, they're, they're running back, uh, number 36, Rank pleasant, pleasant. He is physical and a hard runner and quick. I mean, he looks like a little dude, but he looks up contact sometimes. He, he's a competitive. I mean, I love his competitiveness. He's really good. Um, their, their big tackle, number 79, is so athletic. Um, and then wide receivers, they got tons of them um, that can fly. Um, you know, uh, number 83, Jalen Lane can fly. Number three, Chisholm can fly. Um, they can all run. Their tight ends are athletic. I've um, been very impressed. I could go on and on. Defensively. They're really active. Um, and uh, they got a big number nine, Jordan Ferguson. He's big, athletic, and harasses the passer a lot. Um, and, and inside, um, Devin Curtis is a, a really good player. Actually went to my old high school in Nashville. Um, known him for a long time. Big, big physical guy. And then in the secondary, um, they're Tedrick Ross and the Corian Patterson are ball hawks. Um, they can go, they get all over the place. So. They've got a physical team. They do a lot of stunning and a lot of different things. And uh, so they'll it'll be a, a tough contest for us.
0: So that is Coach McIntyre and some of the players that stand out for him. In, in middle Tennessee, giving them a lot of praise for what they've done. Obviously, much deserved. Mm-hmm. This is a team who is in the bowl game, who is 500, that beat some very good teams as you mentioned. They beat FAU just last week. Give them a pretty good smack to be fair here, Jake. So what stands out to you for Middle Tennessee, you know, besides their quarterback and maybe the other guys that McIntyre has mentioned
1: already? Well, uh, Middle Tennessee is just a very complete team. They have a solid defense. They have a solid running game. Obviously, they have some great receivers that are made even better by the talent that is a Middle Tennessee's quarterback. They're just a very complete team, and that and that's what makes them so scary. It's hard to find a realistic flaw that you can capitalize on if you're if you're an opposing team. You know, Mike McIntyre said a tough challenge. I think it's going to be even way more than just a tough challenge for this FIU squad who has to figure it out, you know, after losing um, the last few games. Um, I'm really interested to see the running back matchup again. Again, Middle Tennessee, when they don't run the ball that often, but when they do, they really make the yards count. And uh, obviously, FIU has Flex Joseph, who they like to hand the ball off to. I could see this being a very fast paced game with the clock just tick, tick, ticking away with how many handoffs both teams might give to their respective running backs here.
0: Yeah, that's what I wanted to get to. I was looking at, you know, the overall offensive stats and Middle Tennessee does not run the ball much. They mm-hmm. like to pass it a lot and it shows the QB how many yards he has racked up on this year passing and the, only, and, uh, the run game only has maybe 1,300 yards around there rushing this season. That is what I, I looked up and then obviously the offense has at least over 1,000 more passing than rushing, but um, do you think this is maybe some time where FIU defense has to take advantage of this run game? You know, they don't limit it that much. And, you know, you just said they make it count. But this is a pretty good defensive line and pretty good linebacker court that they're building here for FIU. This yeah. could be the game where they could limit Middle Tennessee to the run game.
1: This, ha- Yeah, you're absolutely right. This could. However, we have seen cases where, especially against a, a mo- mobile quarterback such as Nikosi Perry during yeah. the RPO options are just straight up quarterback draws. He's been able to just shift to the left or right and just get five, 10, 15 yards. The FIU's um, rush defense has been very, let's just say sus these last, these last few weeks. Um, Again, middle Tennessee does not run the ball that much, but if they can find a loophole in FIU in FIU's rush defense, they're absolutely going to take advantage of it. Like most teams have um, over the last month of November and even going back a couple of, of months um, before it's go- it's going to be an an interesting matchup i think the game is absolutely absolutely going to come down to fiu's defense having to make the big stops fiu's offense might have some luck here and there but it's going to be a low scoring game i feel and if fiu's defense can sort of contain and hold up middle tennessee throughout the game that's going to give them their best chance of winning but if Middle Tennessee drops 21 or 24 in the first quarter and FIU has to claw their way back into the game, I just don't think they're going to be able to do that.
0: Yeah, and we've seen it with these last two games that, you know, UTSA, not UTSA, God, UTEP uh, is a team that got 14 in the first quarter. Same thing with FAU. You were there, 21 mm-hmm. points in the first quarter, I believe. FIU was not be able to come back. And I really don't think this offense is capable of that, especially – they keep the same game plan throughout the game. They don't really make any adjustments to something I've noticed, Jake. I don't know if you could agree here, but you're down 21 to zero. You gotta maybe make some more gutsy calls to get this offense going. Maybe get a big pass play in there. And I know they tried to do that with Utah because you saw Grayson James just taking some shots downfield over the Tyrese Chamber, just a little bit over just a little bit too strong of a pass because Chambers was not able to reach him, but um I guess hopefully that's something we could
1: see more of. I don't know if you maybe want to agree with that or you have something to say about that? No, no, I'm with you on that, Kevin. FIU's play calling has absolutely lost them quite a few games. Though, to their credit, it's also won them a couple as well. Again, you you go back to their thrilling game uh, opener against Bryant where they chose to go for the two-point conversion to win instead of – the field goal that was a gutsy call, and, and I love seeing that, and it got them the win. But these these handoffs on first and 10 that gain one or two yards just kills the offense's momentum. It takes time off the clock, which again, when is getting when FIU's down by 20 or 30, and they have to find their way to get back in into the game. If they're doing a hand a handoff on first and ten and taking 20-30 seconds off the clock, they're only shooting themselves in the foot. Um I would like to see some some riskier calls. The play action passes, the maybe a bit more RPOs and if you if you get a nice play on first down that makes it so that it's second and one, two, three or four, just chuck the ball down the field and hopefully Tyrese gets it, you know. Um I would like to see some more gutsy play calling and maybe even some some chances on special teams where instead of settling for a field goal on fourth and one or fourth and two. They try to make something happen. They against against FAU, the Owls had multiple opportunities where they went for it on fourth down and they were successful. I think it was like a fourth and eleven in the first or second quarter that FI that FAU attempted and they got it, and it led and it led to an early touchdown. So gutsy play calling is always good, especially for a team that is FAU that they don't have anything left to lose anymore. They're they're out of bolt they can't get into a bowl game. It's senior night. They want to impress the fans that'll be there. Just give us some gutsy play calls and try to keep the game close and maybe squeak squeak out a win at the end of it.
0: Yeah, but you we mentioned the receiving core. This is a very nice receiving core that they're building with an experienced mm-hmm. guy in chambers and two very young guys. And a very nice receiving core, I would say. But you have to get the ball to these guys. and That's the issue. Grayson James barely has passed the ball. And I know he passed it 16 times in this last game, but only completed six you maybe have to start pushing the pass game a little more if if we look right now at FIU's total net yards and you you split it between the pass and the run I bet you the run is probably a lot more than the pass right now but you can't be targeting your best wide receiver Tyrese Chambers only twice you know Mm -hmm. you have to get him at least five to six receptions a game that's at least in my opinion maybe you disagree but you know, if you're Revaldo Fairweather, that's someone who kind of helped you in that game against LA Tech, for example, mm-hmm. and we could go back to all the other ones in this season. He's been a pretty big piece, and I know you could say Grayson James likes to target someone like that. You can't be giving him one reception, which was his biggest pass of the day, by the way, the 22-yarder yeah. to um, Revaldo Fairweather. But do you do you see maybe that they have to push Grayson, Grayson James to get some more passing over there into the offense?
1: Oh, oh, I, I, absolutely! I, I, think they should. I, like you said, these weapons that are Tyrese Chambers and Rivaldo Fairweather, they, they clearly have have the skills to make the big plays and carry carry the team on their backs. That's what they absolutely can do. We've seen it in years past, again in, in some big games. Um, the question, I, the question I have is, is Grayson James uh, scared to target these players too much again? We have seen some very shady throws from Grayson James in the past. You don't need to look any further than the first play of the game against FAU. Um, Just a, just a horrible pass. The uh, FAU defensive back read it perfectly and an immediate pick, which set up a a touchdown very early on. If Grayson James is not the quarterback to keep sending the ball to uh, Tyrese Chambers and Rivaldo Fairweather, then they got to find someone who is because these players not being targeted as much as they should is, is, is really hurting their careers. Again, Tyrese chambers, you know, and Revaldo Fair, Fairweather, they have aspirations to not just lead FIU to victory, but maybe find success in the, in the professional leagues, whether it be the NFL or maybe some of the other brand newer leagues, such as the, the, USFL and the XFL, if they can get into that, that'd be super awesome. And I've talked with FIU players in the past who have gotten into those leagues. Um, they got their targets and they got their scores they got their highlight reels if you were to if you were to make a tyrese chambers highlight reel this season what would you put in it there's no, not that much to really put in it and maybe maybe this game against middle tennessee can be a testing ground to see what grayson james can do if he just airs it out to fairweather and tyrese chambers and maybe they can actually make a great high, highlight reel from this game because time is running out for chambers and fairweather in college i mean it, that's just the unfortunate truth they only have so many games left to play before they have to move on and i, I just I, I would like to see them get the yards and touchdowns that i know they can get in a football game for fiu
0: yeah i 100 agree with you there and i kind of want to shift on to the final clip we have of McIntyre's press conference which was which is you know What's the message that McIntyre is giving these guys? You know, you're basically playing for nothing. This is an extremely young FIU team with little to no experience. Now they'll officially have one year of experience for collegiate football. So carrying this type of a team, you would assume some of these guys are down, you know, no longer bowl eligible, kind of playing for nothing. What's the point of going out there? I asked McIntyre, what's been the message to these guys? And here's your question. And then finally, what's the message that you've been giving the guys with the last game of the season leading up to this game against Middle Tennessee?
2: Tell you everything, um, but the thing that I did tell them is, you know, be thankful for, you know, another another day, another play in this time. and always in Thanksgiving time, um, and you know when this game's over, um, that won't be that team anymore. It all changes again, and and then a lot of guys, um, different things change, and uh, it's tough, and you don't know. Um, you have friends that leave, you have different dynamics that happen, um, so it's always a. You know, it's, it's an end, and anytime you end anything, that there's change on that side of it um, for whoever it is and whatever it is. And so, I think that's always uh, an uncertainty you always think about and do. And, um, but I think the main thing is be thankful you can play another day because you don't know if you'll get to play again. You know, there's different things. Um, I mean, I told him today, I said, Be thankful. I, I drive on the right curve when I come in early in the morning. so. With people getting out of bars and stuff I drive on the right side they really don't swim over him because you never know and uh, so I want to make sure that uh, they know how thankful we are for them and how thankful they are for each other and I thought we had a really good practice today I mean coaches say that but Tuesday we lost our bowl chance there's a practice we have, you know a few guys down and so we kind of put the team together and kind of did it like a pro practice. We're servicing each other. They were energetic. They were into it. They were talking with each other. Uh, so I was really pleased with the energy and the effort out there today, which you have to do that to have a chance to be successful. If we wouldn't have done that, then it's hard to have a chance to be successful Saturday. So that shows me a lot of their character, and they, and they care about each other.
1: It would certainly be weird for Mike McIntyre to drive in the left lane. I, I, I don't quite understand what that message was about, but you got to agree with what Mike is saying. These players do have to be thankful that they're, that they're getting to play one more game, especially at home right before the Thanksgiving um, or during the Thanksgiving weekend. And that's always a plus. And um, the people who are hating on Mike McIntyre at four, only winning four games. And some of the questions about play calling some of it is justified, but just need to take a step back. All right. Like I said earlier, four games for this program in a season, Something we haven't seen in a very, very, very long time, okay? So I'm excited for what Coach Mike McIntyre um, can do with more experienced players. Hopefully he can get lucky in the uh, transfer portal and play against some really high-quality opponents as the conference is, is slowly changing, which we'll get into in a second. But I'm excited to see um, Coach Mike's vision for uh, next year and beyond. All right, it's time for a quick news break. For FIU and the Pause Up podcast, Pause Up podcast, let's stay in Conference USA where there's a couple of key stories to be talked about. Here, let's start off with a brand new TV deal that Conference USA has signed with both CBS Sports and ESPN. It is a five-year deal that's starting next year that will actually give out between seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars to eight hundred k to all Conference USA teams involved. They're going to be covering football all year long, both midweek games as well as some weekend um, games for the conference, as that'll also carry on over to basketball and even the uh, postseason uh, baseball tournaments for Conference USA. Obviously, it's a great way for FIU to make some money sticking with the conference that they've been with for some time. That is welcoming some new teams. We've seen for uh, a few months now that Jacksonville State, Liberty, uh, Sam Houston State and New Mexico State, who FIU played earlier this season, will be joining the conference in a few in a few years. They've also announced, uh, only a few weeks ago, that Kennesaw State will also be joining Conference USA, again another FCS school that's making its way up to FBS, and they found a home in Conference USA. It'll be the first uh, CUSA team in Georgia, and conference is expanding. Now I believe they're up to 10 teams with the added five joining and with of course, a lot of the other teams leaving conference USA in favor of the AAC or the Mac or the Sunbelt that we've seen. It's, it's been a crazy ride for the conference. FIU has stayed in it and the future of conference USA will stay on ESPN and CBS sports and will feature some brand new teams. Looking over to some more FIU news, not, not, directly related to sports we saw president kenneth yesel be announced that he will be sticking full time as fiu's president for the future he was named an interim president about a year ago after the former president mark rosenberg suddenly resigned um so I, i i had a chance to speak with kenneth quite a couple of times getting ready for graduation and even seeing him at fiu events here and there i hope he really does well with the evolving college that is fiu that always finds New stories and new records they set every year, and even some new restaurants which um, have opened this uh, fall semester for FIU. Both an Auntie Anne's and a Cinnabon have opened on campus. The Auntie Anne's can be found in the Green Library in the little corner there, right next to the staircase, and the Cinnabon in PG5. their their uh, dates for opening are limited right now as they continue to find employees, but. Overall, some nice some nice additions to FIU. If you have a sweet tooth and you want some delicious stuff that is is commonly found in the malls and the airports, some of the hot spots there, now they're bringing it to FIU. And that was your brief look at an FIU news break here in the Pause Up podcast. Still hoping for a Flanagan's on campus. That would be the ultimate
0: addition. It's the one thing I really want to see. That would be. That would be probably the hottest spot on campus, I'll tell you that, especially to watch sports games. But continuing on that, let's look at this weekend's um, winners and losers. As we mentioned, the FIU lost to UTEP. Um, LA Tech lost to, I believe that is, Charlotte. Um, FBU, as we were talking about as well, during our FIU uh, football portion of the podcast, they lost to Middle Tennessee um utep beat rice so rice is officially eliminated from bull contention as well um auburn beat who what's that what's that team
1: that is western kentucky yeah oh, Austin knocked off western kentucky and lsu it's weird to see these sec sec teams late this season taking on uh the, the the low life conference at least compared to the secs i do the secs i know they want some easy wins to look good in front of the in front of the bowl bowl game committee and whatnot but it's a little strange to see these late matchups against um, non-conference teams. I don't
0: really think I like it. Which one was FIU this year, or is it Middle Tennessee? Right? No. Yeah. 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 Okay. So that, and then uh, let's look over to the games coming up this week. Western Kentucky going up against FAU. We have Rice going up up against uh, University of North Texas, the Mean Green. We have UAB going up against um, LA Tech. UTEP going up against UTSA—that's going to be a really good game. Yeah, now, wow, I will, um, that's going to be UTEP's defining game to see if they make the mm-hmm. bowl game or not. And then FIU against Middle Tennessee. Um, Jake, any anything stands out from these games, chief?
1: I I I think the most interesting matchup will definitely be again, as you mentioned, that Texas game UTEP versus UTSA. It's one of the biggest rivalries in the conference that's still going strong and it has been for quite a few years. However, a matchup I'm really interested in seeing is Western Kentucky against Florida Atlantic. Both have both of those teams have had ups and downs this season, but they've balled out against certain teams in the schedule. And I think that'll, that'll create a great matchup when the two
0: of them meet. Yep. So I think it's time we move on to some FIU basketball, Jake. Mm -hmm. They're they are right now. I want to say they're two and two on the season. Uh, they have lost to North Carolina State University, NC State, mm. and they lost to Bryant. That was a very disappointing loss, I guess you could say. So what were your thoughts on the Bryant game? I did not have the chance to watch it, so if you did, go ahead and um I, I watched the highlights
1: that. from the Bryant game and i and I did feel the same way that I felt against their loss against NC State. The offense played great. Uh, there was there were a lot of players for FIU that scored a lot of points in a rapid succession and they overall had a great game. They just lost to um, opponents with maybe some higher aspirations. I didn't. I didn't really know that Bryant was a favorite to maybe make a shot at the uh, tournament in March. But that's what a lot of people have told me about the uh, about the Bryant Bulldogs. And kudos to them. They came into F. They came into the Ocean Bank Convocation Center and put up a show. And my, my quick thoughts about NC State is that again, FIU's offense looked great. Um, they they played a great game. They just lost against a, to an NC State team with more veterans on the team. It's funny how the basketball team and the football team share a, share a common formality that they're both very young teams with a lot of young players um, with some veteran coaches who are trying to just turn the ship around. But I can't be mad at the way FIU has has played as of late against both these teams. Again, like you said, the two wins that they got were against Houston Christian and Florida National, again, two teams that you kind of expect FIU to beat as they commonly play them every year, and they're they're usually seen as some blown-out wins. Now that FIU is back home and beginning a homestand in a a mini – I guess you could say an invitational, a a, a mini-invitational against Stony Brook and Eastern Washington coming up uh, tomorrow and then heading into Sunday. It's going to be interesting to see if FIU can create some momentum there, get a winning streak started before they get into conference play.
0: Yeah, the next four games will be at Ocean Bank Convocation Center. You're going up against Stony Brook University. After that, it will be Eastern Washington and then finally Eastern Michigan. So there's actually a three-game stand. Oh, nice. So, uh, does anything stand out to you for FIU basketball in this um homestand coming up?
1: Um, Stony Brook and Eastern Washington are not some opponents that FIU plays frequently, so I can't really speak much about um about about those teams just from what I've seen, however. I want to see the consist the consistency of some of FIU's players, such as Denver, Denver Jones and Javante Hawkins, who have led the team in scoring up to this point and who have been sort of the backbones for the F the uh, FIU basketball team. I would just want I want to see him pop off in front of the home crowd um, in this little mini invitational. Again, they've had some great games against NC State and Bryant. You-, you really can't blame those losses on FIU's offense. I think they've done more than enough to win these games. Their defense might've struggled again because again, they were playing these, these bigger juniors and seniors from NC state and Bryant. So like I said, a a winning streak is what they should plan for. It's what they should hope to achieve in this little mini invitational. And and they're after this three game homestand, they got to go on the road for three straight games um, against Florida Gulf coast, who is a, uh, Who's, who's a great team in basketball, and, again, and and then FAU as well, to sort of begin their conference stretch in in uh, December and then, of course, down to January and February and March. It's another but conference USA teams. J- Denver Jones and Javante Hawkins are the two players. I'm like, wow, these guys are awesome. And um, I'll, I just want to continue to see them grow and maybe set some FIU basketball records. The season is still very young.
0: Yeah, Denver Jones put up 35 minutes. It's of game action 22 points with four steals two turnovers pretty good start there then you have sean giddens this is just the box score from the last game 27 minutes 16 points Uh javante hawkins as you mentioned 14 points so overall a good play for for fiu here very impressive um anything else you want to mention about fiu basketball before we move on
1: I definitely do. Want, I definitely do want to plan to attend some of those games down the line in uh, December and January. It's always super fun. The fans, FIU, FIU students, show up to those games to those games in droves. It's a super fun time, and all and definitely going to have to circle some of those conference games against FAU that are coming up in uh, early January and even some games against Florida College and some and Incarnate Word. These super small schools that usually have really great basketball teams. It should be. Super fun matchups coming ahead. Just because you don't, just because you don't really know the teams that FIU might be playing, doesn't mean that they have that that it's going to be a cakewalk for FIU. These are some high quality opponents that FIU is going to be facing off against in the in the coming days. So, going to be going to be a lot of fun watching again a, another young team learn and 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 grow into a really great, uh, really great team in Conference USA. I'm
0: going to show you a video now, and I think this is where we could get to next ah it's not working all right it was gonna be the game winner for FIU soccer their um, ooh, ooh, ooh. their penalty shootout win you saw this on tv I was there live this was a crazy game from start to finish um unfortunately I can't share my screen Streamer is not letting me We'll get that situated for the next podcast next week but or maybe we even put the video in post editing but Jake what were your thoughts on that crazy game I mean Usually, penalty shootings go to five games, but I mean, five Mm -hmm. rounds. Sorry, this one went to 12 rounds, and it was a back and and forth. FIU had a block, and then no, and then, uh, then, and then, you know, you have UNH, University Mm -hmm. of um, New Hampshire, New Hampshire. There it is, yeah. They uh, they, they get the block, FIU gets the block, and then you have to start all over again, basically. So the thirteenth round, Matt Levy got that block, and then um, Carlos Sheckman makes the goal to win the game for mm-hmm. FIU. So, what were your thoughts on that game, which was just madness in the arena as well?
1: <laughs> I I I was so unbelievably relieved at that at the end of the game because for like the past, if what it felt, it was like maybe thirty thirty minutes of penalty kicks felt like two hours. That's how that's how long it felt watching watching the madness ensue, but. Just uh, uh, there was that one uh, streak during the middle of the penalty kicks where nobody could hit anything or or, or, or I should say the goalies couldn't do anything. Um, it was just nothing but made kicks and made kicks and just the worry of, oh, man, if, if FIU doesn't make this kick, then New Hampshire's going to move on. But even even going before the uh, penalty kicks began, FI, FIU scored first. They had momentum coming out of the first half getting going into the second and then new Hampshire tying it up just felt like, cause it's such a huge letdown. All the momentum that FIU had was crushed, but lo and behold, af- after a couple of overtime periods, then they get into the craziness. That was the penalty. Cause I, I, I've, I've never seen a soccer match with that many, with that many penalty kicks. I I've never seen it happen. I was like, I was borderline confused on what would happen next. Like, if they, if they go into 15 rounds of penalty kicks, does something change? Or I, I couldn't, be, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing as I was watching. It was just the, the, uh, the heart was beating fast when FIE was up to kick, trying to tie and move on to the next round. And then as soon as the, as soon as um they missed and it was up to the goalie to make a clutch, uh clutch uh defense, I was again, super nervous. And, Again, kudos to this FIU team. They fought hard. I think both teams absolutely deserve to win this match. They both gave it their all. And uh, I mean, 12 rounds of penalty kicks says enough. They this was a very even squad um between New Hampshire and FIU. But happy that the Panthers got the win. They'll be taking on uh the University of Duke on Sunday, November twenty-seventh at one p.m. That's unfortunately not here at um the FIU Soccer Stadium, which I'm guessing is still an absolute mess from the uh monsoon that was uh that game it just absolutely had the field destroyed like the ball would not roll it would just splash oh, man, well. i couldn't believe it um it wasn't was how are they playing spot. this i couldn't believe it um but absolutely awesome it, it it just would have been such a heartbreak if fiu had lost in the end after 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 watching for like two three almost four hours you know and just such a great experience to see FIU success in in the uh, NCAA men's tournament. It's, it's something that hasn't happened. I believe, I believe during the broadcast, AJ Rickett said, it's the first time FIU has advanced the sweet 16 um, in the NCAA tournament. I want to say in like three years, which sounds about right. Yeah. It's been a very long time. Like I, this, the FIU Panthers soccer team, in my opinion, has overachieved. and, And for a good reason, of course, they had the great success in Conference USA last year, but when you move to a brand-new conference, FIU being the a, uh, the American, the AAC, it, it's it's often seen that, okay, you might struggle a little bit against your new teams, your new opponents, but FIU shined. They shined super bright. And, of course, winning the regular season trophy and then winning the AAC tournament trophy, they, they already have two pieces of hardware um, already. So it, no matter what happens, up to this point, it's going to be a successful season for FIU, which is awesome. And as, as someone who's been there for four years, right, I, I've i been a football fan. I've grown to soccer. Um, un, until the football team can figure it out, FIU is a soccer school, which is crazy. You saw the crowd last night who in, endured the rain and the two-hour delay. It was supposed to start at six, ended up starting at eight. and And they stayed strong. They stayed until the end. They celebrated with the team. It was an awesome time.
0: It was amazing, and you you said it. I mean, the rain the rain did not stop the crowd, man. You thought it was going to be a, a more condensed crowd, less people, but no, man. It was, it was a lot of people, and I'm, and I'm glad we're supposed to talking about sports here because we have some breaking news. We, we have some football breaking news just released, and this is the email. Six Panthers named to 2022 Academic All District Football Teams. Included honors are sophomore linebacker from Fernandel, senior running back Flex Joseph. Graduate offensive lineman, Jacob Peace. Graduate linebacker, Alex Nobles. Junior wide receiver, Ross Fournette. Sophomore defensive lineman, Keegan Davis. Uh, Jake, what are your thoughts?
1: Well, well, that's super awesome to see. I've spoken with Flex Joseph a bunch of times. He's a smart young man. Mike McIntyre, no matter the team he's been on, whether it's been Memphis Memphis or Colorado or some of the other teams that he's worked on, he's always, prides, he's always prided himself on trying to Sign and recruit athletes that not just are good at the game, but are also smart, young, humble people. And just to see that list that that was like six or seven players there, and that 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 it, it's not it's an awesome sight. Um, not just for for the success that FIU football has had in some games this season, but also off the um, off the field and in, into the classrooms. As a, I'm not a student athlete, right? But I've spoken with student athletes who have to manage, you know, practicing and uh playing these games as well as their academic um, academic careers at FIU. It's not easy, but they get it done and these high GPAs and uh the recognition that these players deserve, it's great to see it happen.
0: All right. So I want to wrap it up here because we're we're getting to the 45 minute mark Jake, but I want to talk mm-hmm. some NFL. I want to do some our new segment called Make the Pick, I think is what we're gonna call it here. We're okay. gonna pick some of these college games first, because this is the FIU podcast. So we're gonna put this back up and we're gonna start with Western Kentucky against FAU and then we're gonna go down the list and then mm-hmm. we'll wrap it up with some NFL picks. We know Edwin and Gus do this probably on their show, which I think is <laughs> today, Tuesday, and they will record So we gotta we gotta play some copycat here, Jake, and we're gonna. Right. Okay. This. Sorry, All right, let's start with
1: Western there. Kentucky and FAU. Like I said earlier, both schools kind of even. This should be a great matchup. I think I will give the advantage very slightly to FAU, who is, of course, playing at home. You have the Florida Heat backing you up, and as we saw, Nokosi Perry is having a great end of the season. I think he'll lead FAU to this win. It'll be a close one, but I think um, the Owls get it done.
0: I agree with you. I'm also going to go FAU just – it's a very complete team. They have some very good players as well. You mm-hmm. saw it yourself in person. So the next game is Rice State versus um the Texas mean green, University of North Texas. I'm gonna oh. go through with, with Texas Mean Green. Uh, this yeah. is a very, very good team. Rice is on uh, they they're they kind of in the position where FIU was or the there were mm-hmm. where they're just two games away from Bulls, literally, but they lost it to UTSA. So um, yeah
1: i i agree with you kevin i don't think this game's actually going to be close um i could see it going the same way as uh uh FIE when they played north texas having to go go to that texas stadium having to having to suffer through that texas yeah, i know florida heat is bad but texas heat is is, is also just as bad uh, rice has struggled this season as they have for the past few years that's another team that has to sort of that has been through a rebuild, and they might have to go through another rebuild because they're not just getting it right. North Texas has a pretty solid team. I'm going to take the uh, Mean Green in a, in blow by at least twenty.
0: UAB versus Louisiana Tech.
1: What was your pick? Uh, you now the obvious pick here would be the Blazers. They're having a great year. One of the best teams in Conference USA. Louisiana Tech has had a solid year. But this is going to be my upset for the week. I'm going to go with the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs at home. They're going to figure it out. They're going to, ha- they're going to show down against UAB. It's going, to, it's going to be a great game. I think they're just going to edge them out late in the game. Could even go into overtime. But give me the Bulldogs in my upset pick.
0: Okay. I'm going to go UAB As for everything you did mention about UAB. One of the best teams in conference USA. A great year. So I think this is our best match for the week coming up here. UTSA versus UTEP, Bull eligibility on the line for UTEP minors. and then UTSA with their absolutely phenomenal quarterback Frank Smith mm-hmm. who take here for this week. Um, UTSA
1: again having another great year. They're actually ranked. They hit number twenty-five in the in the uh, AP top t- uh, top twenty-five. The uh, Roadrunners have, but we saw a similar situation play out at the end of last year when UTSA, who was undefeated, I believe they hosted this same UTEP team and they got knocked off and they lost their um, top 25 ranking and they went to a bowl game. I can't remember off the top of my head if they've, if they, if they won that or not, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be close, but I will give the edge to UTSA, the Roadrunners, to get the job done at home and spoil UTEP's bowl eligibility.
0: If you notice a difference, my mic completely sounds different. Probably now, I just realized I've been using the wrong mic this whole time. But we'll we'll get used to it later. But uh, final game, obviously FIU versus Middle Tennessee. I'm gonna go with Middle Tennessee. Um, okay. And I think that's how I'm also gonna go into my, my that will probably be my prediction as well for the um for the re, for the preview article. But yeah, uh, although I could see Middle Tennessee sitting some of their starters out for their bowl game. I just don't know man I I don't have a good feeling about this game this is a team that although beat UM and I know they haven't UM hasn't been good they've also beat FAU they they were they played it close with UTSA this season I just I'm gonna go middle Tennessee I think it's the safer pick I could make that my underdog pick of the week but I'm gonna leave that to the NFL portion of the college of the of our make the pick section here who
1: did you pick for uh the, the the UTSA UTEP game
0: you're right. I'm gonna go UTSA. I think okay. they'll also yeah. spoil UTEP's ability. That team is so damn good, dude. It's crazy. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm gonna go Middle Tennessee as well. I mean, I, I'm gonna be rooting for FIU, of course, but you gotta be realistic here. Middle Tennessee, even, even if you do take out most of their starters, they're a complete team. They have a great head coach who um is who has who is who's not afraid to call some ridiculous plays on offense. Um it's how they got it's how they Got their wins as an underdog against teams like the University of Miami, and I think how that, and I think it's how they're going to get their win as a favorite against FIU. Um, un, right. Unless it's going to be a super rainy, a super rainy game that can maybe even out both right. teams. I have, I haven't seen the forecast,
0: but you know our seats outside of the press box. So. <laughs> yeah, oh.
1: um, I'll take Middle Tennessee. Sadly,
0: okay, all right. NFL time. Before we get started, quick news: Sam Darnold is starting this Sunday. So. Take that in mind. Uh, all right, let's go right into it. Let's just go down the down the line. Dolphins versus Texans. Texans are one eight and one. The Dolphins are seven and three. With hopefully the MVP of the National Football League, Tua Tagovailoa at QB this week. I'm taking the Dolphins. This is going to be an absolute blowout. What's your pick? Uh,
1: I'm taking the Dolphins as well, and I and I want it to be an absolute blowout. But Miami just has this way of ha- of letting these teams just hang in there at yeah. the very end where they finally have to take him out um, late in the fourth quarter. However, I, I don't think they're, I, I don't think that's going to be the case against um, Houston. I will say I can't really remember the last time Miami has completely blown out a team. It might've been against well, the New York jets.
0: Who says the Browns? the Browns. I, I, I wouldn't say that was, I wouldn't say that that's
1: necessarily a blowout. They had a great game against Cleveland. Cleveland did get a couple of scores late in the game to sort of bring it back. Um, but I don't think Miami is really gonna struggle. Um, Davis Mills, I'm not big on him. Their best player, I, I do think, is Brandon Cooks. And I, I, I don't know about that Houston team. They're you you don't see them a lot on TV. You don't see them a lot on the red zone because they don't no. score. Um, give me the Dolphins, uh, handedly. I, I'm not gonna say blowout per se, but handedly.
0: Okay. Next game, Buffalo Bills travel. Well, stay in Detroit, and they're play the Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving Day. 12 30 p.m game Bills are seven and three the Lions are four and six riding a three-game win streak this this is my upset pick of the week i am taking the detroit line to beat the buffalo bills detroit is riding a three-game win streak jamal williams is one of the best running backs right now in the nfl Mm -hmm. these past couple of weeks uh jared goff is on an all-time high playing great the buffalo bills lost to the jets they lost Uh, they beat cleveland Eh. But they so, lost uh, the Minnesota, I mean,
1: and they beat Cleveland, and, and we 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 did that too. Uh, we did that too. Cleveland's just not a great team, all right.
0: Exactly. That's that's why I'm like, uh, you know, I'm taking I'm taking Detroit here. This is my upset. I'm
1: very happy you picked Detroit because I didn't want to feel alone picking the Lions either. I'm going to take okay. Detroit as well. Yes, that's. All right. I, I'm guessing Buffalo's going to be favored, but Detroit has all, right. all the momentum in the world right now. Dan Campbell has actually started starting to turn the ship around for them, and 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 it's great to see. Um, I know I, I still have so questions much. about Jared Goff as a leader for um, uh, just an, an NFL team these days, but I do think the Lions will get it done and uh, win a Thanksgiving game. It's something I it's something I don't think they've done in a very long time. Probably not. So I I, I'd, I I'm root I'm rooting for the Lions so much. It would just be so helpful for Miami too. If the Lions yeah. can knock off Buffalo in the AFC East endings, give him a little bit of breathing room.
0: Miami would take sole possession of first, because mm-hmm. right now they're Buffalo and Miami are 7-3. and three. Um, Next game. Oh, and by the way, I am rooting so much for Dan Campbell to, to stay with Detroit. I yeah. love that guy. That guy's amazing. If you guys know, he was the Dolphins tight ends coach and then interim coach, which unfortunately was not brought back after that, but, you know, it's okay. Giants versus Cowboys, NFC East rivalry matchup here. The NFC East last year was horrible this season it's one of the best divisions in the nfl mm-hmm. uh both teams are 73 i'm gonna go the, the 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 dallas cowboys here um um it's it's a it's a controversial pick because the Giants are pretty good but you could also say they lost to detroit last week so you know you're kind of on on that down where you're like shoot man we just lost to the detroit lions not the best team in the nfl you know standings wise but dallas has been pretty good you have dak prescott you have Dalton Schultz, who gets the ball to him a lot. That gets the ball to Schultz a lot. CeeDee Lamb. Zeke is in there. I, I feel good about Dallas. And Dallas is an amazing defense as well. We cannot yeah. take that out of the question. Micah Parsons is just going to be rushing at Daniel Jones this whole game. And you have Diggs out there. Stefan Diggs' brother, I believe it's Trayvon Diggs, out yeah. there. So it's going to be a good game. And I and I do think Dallas will slightly win the the, the Giants. I think this is going to be closer than many may think.
1: Yeah, I, I the Giants do do – Uh, do a great job of that and keeping games close until the very end when one of the teams has to make a play and win. Um, I I know Dallas just had that blowout win over Minnesota. They looked really good doing it. Dak had a great game. Uh, CeeDee Lamb had a solid game, but let's take a step back. Um, Maybe it's a controversial opinion or not. I think the Minnesota Vikings, one of the most overrated teams in football at this very moment, they have a solid squad, but I still have questions about Kirk cousins and his ability to win in the big games They've played some beat up. They've played some beat up opponents. Hence, how they beat the Miami Dolphins earlier this I season. Um, I don't think, but as a result of that, I don't think Dallas's win against Minnesota was as crazy as a lot of media are, are making it out to be. The oh, Dallas is back. Dallas is back. I don't think they're back just yet, but I they're do not. think they are back enough to beat the New York Giants at home on uh, Thanksgiving Day. Close, very close. Might come down to a uh, touchdown in the final or field goal in the final two minutes to sort of seal a win for Dallas, but I think they will get it done.
0: Okay, Patriots and Vikings. We just talked about how overrated the Vikings are, but I don't care. I'm going the Vikings here. I just I feel better with the Vikings going up yeah. against the Patriots. The Patriots kind of got a lucky win there. Mm-hmm. The, the, the the Jets game there, three to three. You got a punt, take it for a to a touchdown there. I don't know. I have my doubts about Mac Jones and that whole New England team. They're trying to stay in it, and they have, but they're in last place right now. I really don't think they'll make the playoffs. But uh, I'm gonna go with Minnesota here. Not a blowout, but I think it'll be maybe a one or two score type win here for for the Vikings.
1: Yeah, I um I I know I just talked a bunch of crap about Kirk Cousins, but I would absolutely have him over Mac Jones at at this very at this moment. Um, I'm just not impressed with not impressed with New England like at all. Um. And of course, the fact that the Vikings are at home as well uh, Give me the Vikings. I, I I would say like it's going to be in between a close game and a blowout where the the Minnesota is going to win by multiple scores, but maybe like a thirty to to seventeen uh, win for the Vikings, but they'll get it done.
0: Okay, Broncos and Panthers. Keep in mind, Sam Darnold is starting this week. And I don't care. I'm still going with the the Panthers. The Broncos are just frauds, man. I'm sorry. They, the, the hype for this team was so big entering the season. They just released their starter, Melvin Gordon. So mm-hmm. they're going with Mike Boone, I believe, now at the running back position or whoever they even have. I don't even know who's their running back. They traded Bradley Chubb. This team is in shambles right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Panthers. They played some pretty decent football these last couple of weeks. I know they got the Thursday night win. And um, Did they lose this past week? I think they did.
1: Yeah, let me let me double check. I, I don't remember who they lost. Oh, I think it was Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, I think it was Atlanta. Wasn't
0: that Thursday night game?
1: Uh, yes, I want to say yes.
0: No, they lost the. Baltimore. No, 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 no. It was, a, um, Baltimore. It was against Baltimore. Baltimore. Baltimore.
1: It was a very, very close same. game. Uh, Baltimore's defense shut them out. Uh, Little not too close. shut them out, but kept them from scoring a touchdown. Um, yeah, the Broncos are uh, – I think the Broncos, the organization, has realized that this just is not their year. And they're already beginning their rebuild. And again, kudos to them in that Bradley Chubb, that Bradley Chubb trade. They did get some uh some draft capital to maybe to look forward to next season. Um it, I think I think this is actually a, a a more even game than you may think because you know, the, the Carolina Panthers, who are their quarterbacks? They have uh Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, and PJ Walker. Yep. I would not want any of those quarterbacks on my team. I would just look to the next draft, um, and maybe that's what Carolina will do. They'll Probably. maybe. I think they're one of those teams that absolutely could use a new quarterback because they have weapons and their defense is solid. Um, it's a quarterback, man. They just yeah, they just need a quarterback. Uh, I'll take the Carolina Panthers, but I could see uh, Russ and the Broncos taking this down to the wire, maybe even to overtime. This could be an overtime game.
0: But, you can't even blame the Broncos yeah. for how bad they are this season. Their mm-hmm. coach has been horrendous. I mean, we saw it in that first primetime game against uh, the Seahawks. But mm-hmm. you know, it's whatever.
1: I'll, I'll take Carolina, but closer than closer than the experts think.
0: Yeah. All right, Bucks and Browns. I'm gonna go Buccaneers.
1: Yeah, but I, not I, much is, to say. Is
0: this Deshaun Watson's return, or is it next week?
1: I th- no, I think I think he's still a couple of weeks away.
0: A couple of weeks. Um, Jesus. All right. Well, I'm going with the Bucks here. Yeah, no much Jacoby
1: Brissett. Uh, you know, um, if you if you've been watching the Dolphins last year, the you saw Jacoby Brissett struggle against Tampa Bay uh, last season when two was that, out.
0: That was that was a blowout.
1: Yeah, and I think he's going to struggle just as much with the Cleveland Browns. Give me Tampa.
0: All right, Ravens and Jaguars. I'm going Ravens.
1: Yeah, um, I I I would like to think that Trevor Lawrence actually would do good but i think baltimore's defense especially as of late you saw with carolina um they, they've just been terrorizing opponents uh give me baltimore Yeah, not uh maybe there's a bit of room in there for an upset but I, I i just ain't seeing it
0: bears and jets um this is actually a harder one but i'm gonna go oh this is this is interesting i'm gonna go bears I'm going to go with the upset pick here. Ooh, you're going to go to
1: Chicago. I, you know, know I
0: no one knows who's starting. No one knows who's starting for the jets. They're keeping mm-hmm. it on committal.
1: You know, Chicago's, um, on, on a two game losing streak. They, uh, they dropped the ball against Detroit. Uh, actually, excuse me. They're on, they're on a three game losing streak or a four game, excuse me, against Dallas, Miami, Detroit, and most recently Atlanta. Uh, Justin Fields has shown signs of greatness. Okay. He he has had some really high quality games. You saw it when he played Miami, though it was not enough to beat the Dolphins. And um very close. I'll take the New York Jets, but I wouldn't be surprised if Justin Fields goes off and you know runs for like 150 and somehow steals a win from the New York Jets. Uh Give me the Jets, even though I really don't want to pick them. I got. I think. I think I have to.
0: All right, Bengals and Titans. What's your pick here? Mm. This is the the NFC
1: Championship. Yeah, it's tough, and in these games, and and we I think we've reached the point in the season after Thanksgiving where the games really start to matter, and uh, the the teams in the the division that you kind of expect to win. they they have to show up, and people expect Tennessee to win, and uh, win the uh, the uh, AFC South because let's just face it, no one else in the AFC South except for maybe the Colts, and that's a big maybe because you know their brand new interim coach really scares me. Um, give me Tennessee; they'll, they'll I think they'll get it done in a close one against uh, Cincinnati.
0: I want to disagree, and I'm going to go Bengals. Okay. Like Bengals here, just Joe Burrow. He's he's Joe Burrow. He'll get it done. Mm-hmm. They beat Tennessee last year. Very pretty similar team with Tennessee too. So mm-hmm. from that la- last year to now. All right. This is actually gonna be a pretty fun game. Falcons and commanders. Who do you got? Mm. Two very one.
1: surprising teams that no one in the beginning of this season really thought were going to go far in um their respective divisions, but the Washington's in there in the uh uh, uh NFC East and the Falcons are pretty much the only team that that is competing with tampa for the nfc south um it's gonna be taylor heineke right um yeah so, yeah yep. um it, we, there's a lot of close games this week my goodness uh it's gonna be a fun week of NFL
0: football. It this is gonna
1: this is like a coin flip game i i i really don't know off the top of my head give me
0: you can't go wrong either way, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, you
1: can't go wrong. It's just the, the question that the question I'm thinking is who do I is between Marcus Mariota and Taylor Heineke, who do I really trust more uh, to get it done? And I guess I'll go with Heineke. Give me Washington.
0: I agree. I'm going Washington as well. This is this is a very good Washington team. They're coming off a good a couple good wins there. And Heineke, I I really don't know why they went Carson Wentz in the first place. That's just my opinion. I like Taylor Heineke. He's shown very, this team could be very successful under him as the QB. I, I never understood that Carson Wentz trade. They went to a playoff game with Taylor Heineke. He started most of that game. He kept them in it, and they, they still kind of betrayed him there and went uh, Carson Wentz. But anyways... Chargers and Cardinals. The Cardinals have been extremely disappointing this season, but we still don't know who their starting quarterback is going to be. That's yeah. the issue. I assuming it's going to be Kyler Murray. I'm going to go with the Cardinals beating the Chargers. I think. Really? Like, I guess an upset game type thing there.
1: Yeah, you, I would think so because you're maybe just it's Colt McCoy, right? Yeah, Colt McCoy. He, if it's he, Colt McCoy,
0: this is a completely different situation. You yeah. got go Chargers. Um, but, this, assuming, this, yeah, this, Tyler, this is
1: this is a game right. I would not want to pick right now. I would want to pick like an hour before if we know who's playing at quarterback. Yeah. Um
0: if if we want, Los we Angeles do,
1: Chargers, they're just do. they're just such a mixed team. I really thought they would get it done against Kansas City. We we yep. we remember that great game, that great Thursday night game. And I thought they would, you know, carry the momentum, you add in that revenge factor. They would get it done against uh, Kansas City, but they didn't. Um, give me the Chargers. I'll, I'll take the Chargers in a close one. They really need to start gaining some momentum to move on to. Uh, they're 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 in a similar situation like the, um, the Dolphins, where some of the some of the opponents they play are some divisional uh, some divisional opponents that they need to get wins against. Right, and I think it starts here. It's going to be tough on the road. Um, but I'll take Los Angeles. I, I don't know why. I don't know. I guarantee I'm I'm gonna regret this. But give me Los Angeles.
0: Now we can do this. We can make a pick if Kyler is a starter and one if he isn't. But okay, if if just to be fair, because we, it's too early to make picks sometimes, yeah. and this is the, that case. Um, I'm still gonna go Cardinals with Kyler, and then I'll go Chargers without him.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll do that too.
0: All right, let's just be. Let's make it. Let's mm-hmm. um. Yeah, just a little help for us there. So next game. Um the Raiders and the Seahawks. Ooh. I'm gonna go Seahawks, man. Yeah. I like you, you Seahawks, can't go wrong. Man. You can't go wrong with Seahawks. Raiders has just have been super disappointing this year. Yeah,
1: probably I, I know people say the most disappointing team it might be Russell Wilson and the Broncos, no, but you, you have you see the talent that is on this uh about to say Oakland, the 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 Raiders team. And you just scratch your head. How are they losing these games? But I think it's gonna continue. Um, give me uh, give me the Seahawks. Geno Smith gonna have another great game against that horrific Raiders defense.
0: All right. This is gonna be a fun game. Rams and Chiefs. What do you got?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is the it Rams really gonna be as fun? Seven? Wow, the, they're three and seven. They're That's three really
1: and like... seven. Uh, what three Matthew Stafford so? might still be in concussion protocol, right? He might not even play. It might be uh, uh, who's, that, who's that quarterback? Who's the backup quarterback for Los
0: Angeles? John Wolford.
1: John Wolford. No. And you're playing in Arrowhead, too?
0: Yeah, no. I'm yeah, the
1: Kansas City.
0: 49ers and Saints. Saints came off a uh, big win against the Rams. Ooh.
1: I'm really gonna. I'm really gonna watch a lot of this game because that's who Miami plays the week after uh, this Sunday. They're on the road. Yeah,
2: Mike McDaniel's return. Yeah.
1: So yeah, yeah, his return. Um, Going 49ers. I'll give San Francisco the edge because they're at home. Uh, Both teams are pretty good, um, but I do trust Jimmy G at quarterback over Taysom Hill or, or or, or, I'm sorry, Andy Dalton at quarterback for the uh, New Orleans Saints, especially on the road.
0: All right, moving on to our primetime games packers and eagles um geez that's a hard one because you don't know everyone's calling the eagles frauds but really they in my opinion they aren't they're a pretty damn good football team they they're just good. brought in former dolphin namikon they brought linval joseph they also brought in um that's a pretty good team and i know yeah. they're not one but i'm still gonna go eagles the packers have just been flat out disappointing this season and you yeah. really can't blame them they don't have a good receiving core they have a couple of young guys who are pretty good Christian Watkins a pretty good player but besides that Randall Cobb's been injured and he's not his former self you Sammy Watkins isn't the Sammy Watkins we remember from Kansas City so I'm I'm going Eagles I'm going Eagles Justin Jalen Hurts is still putting himself in the MVP conversation he's not trying to leave that convo you have Devontae Smith you have a very nice receiver in AJ Brown I like the Eagles here
1: you know just as bad as uh Green Bay's offense has been their defense has been just as disappointing and I think Jalen Hurts and uh jalen brown are just gonna have a great game against them at home too uh, they don't even have to go to the uh frozen tundra and experience the super harsh cold in green bay uh give me philadelphia
0: final game final one before we wrap this thing up um we have colts and Steelers monday Night football oof Jeez. i'm gonna go i'm gonna Dude. go colts this team is just motivated right now they look motivated they lost a close to one to philadelphia it was a very very close game, but I'm yeah. I'm, go, I'm going. Colts.
1: It, it almost going feels like a win. Uh, the, how the Colts looked against Philadelphia, it almost feels like a win I was, with all things considered. Uh, you have the quarterback Kellis Carousel in Indianapolis, and you have the brand new coach and Jeff Saturday. But at the same time, I I've had really high hopes for Kenny Pickett, but he you know he he just has not looked that great and. This might actually be the first season in Mike Tomlin's career where it's a losing where he'll have a losing record, which is crazy to think considering how long he's been in the NFL. Mm -hmm. But I'll I'll say that some key playmakers for Indianapolis will go off like uh, Jonathan Taylor and whatnot. Uh, Give me the Colts close because close because of the primetime effect on. But give me Indianapolis.
0: Now I'll give a shout out to a former FIU Panther, T.Y. Hilton, no longer Mm -hmm. the Colts, but former FIU Panther, you know, he has the ties to the Colts. Uh, Jake, before we wrap this thing up, anything, any last words, any quick things you want to mention?
1: I saw that a former Dolphins great Zach Thomas is a uh, nominated for the Pro Football Hall of Fame yet again. And again, I He's been nominated at what for the past like five, six, seven years. It's absolutely insane. I really want to see him get in. People online have made the st- the statistical breakdown between uh, Zach Thomas and of course uh, Bears great Brian Urlacher. The stats are really similar, and if and even Urlacher has said if if he's in the Hall of Fame, then Zach really deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Zach has not always been on some great Miami Dolphins teams, though he has shared the he has been on the same teams with other uh, Hall of Famers like Jason Taylor. Um, I love Zach Thompson. I really
0: want to see him get it in. I'm rooting for him. I agree. Jake, an hour and 11 minutes. Not bad for the first one. Hell uh, yeah. It was fun. It was fun. we I think we kind of have a groove now how we're going to do this. Obviously, we'll make some changes. And we want to get your feedback, the people that are watching, you guys, the fans. Comment down below what you guys want to see, maybe a segment that you guys would like to see, a new one, or what talking points we'd like to see us do, because – or open a comments to the very br- a brand new podcast. We'll I guess we'll be posting some clips and segments on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow us. They've been scrolling down this whole time. So by now, you guys are probably annoyed enough to just go and follow it. So um, thank you guys for watching. Also, thank you for Edwin and Gus who have given us the platform to do this. Can't think of them enough, Lemon City Live. Uh, hopefully, this comes out on video, everyone will be seeing the greatness. And I want to finish it off with it. Oh, what? Oh, uh, no. You'll have to <laughs> go to my Twitter my and watch heart. the I don't know why I trimmed like that. Oh, All right. Well, you guys will just have to go to my Twitter and check it out. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it like that. My Twitter's right there. Jake's is right there. Follow us on there. We're giving you guys some of the best content out there for FIU football. And uh, we'll have some guests on. We have some guys in mind. If I guess that's a little – maybe in the next episode. We'll see. But Who knows? from Jake, myself. Edwin Gus thank you once again we'll see you guys on the next one peace out and go FIU